it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome in, everybody, as I... Power down the phone. Get ready for this uh, podcast. Had a little technical difficulties getting on the internet this morning, but we are here for another edition of Scouts Eye on College and Pro Football. I am NFL Scout Chris Landry. Great to be with you. As always, a lot to get to today. We always say that. What are we going to get to? We're going to talk a little bit about what went wrong for Will Muschamp at South Carolina. Go into that. Latest on that coaching search and where it's going. Michigan situation. Is there an exiting strategy for Jim Harbaugh? We're going to take a look at Indiana, Ohio State, and kind of, again, what Tom Allen has done and the success that he's had. I'm going to get into um, Florida's offense, and we've got some scheduling plans potentially for the SEC, some film room rankings if we can get to it, some NFL talk. The Cardinals ready to take over the NFC West. Thursday night, we'll get a little bit of a teaser in there. Um, and uh, we've got some issues. Sort of a reminder that on, don't think we're going to have time to get to it today, but I will address um, the LSU allegations situation, behind the scenes look of what's happened there and kind of where things are and, and try to make a little sense of the timeline and things. We're going to be doing that on the Landry Football Podcast uh, on Thursday. So you want to check in for that. Just can't get to everything um, today. Hey, a reminder that if you're listening to this in podcast form, we appreciate you um, checking us out, watching us, uh, find us over at LandryFootball.com, whatever. If um, you get a chance to watch us live on Twitch TV, we are live on Twitch TV. A lot of programming that we're really proud of. we're trying to streamline things to make it even better uh, to get you the quality program that you want and you deserve. So check it out. Very simple. Go to twitch.tv forward slash Chris Landry football or go to LandryFootball.com. Hit follow Chris on Twitch and that'll get you there um, with us. That'll get you there to where you can watch what it is that we do here every day and watch this show live. You can join us in the chat room. I'm ready to go there. If you got any questions, any comments, we certainly want to um, address them there. If I don't address them immediately, it's because I'm in the middle of a thought and we'll get to it at some point. And if I somehow miss it, apologize. Uh, we've got a question. In fact, one of our great um, chat room guys, uh, Dylan Barton, uh, 
got a question about um, Kyle Trask and his Heisman chances. We're going to get to that in a second. But again, a reminder, you can catch us on twitch.tv. And as a subscriber to this Chris Landry football channel, um, you are insiders in this little football family that we put together. Um, we'll lean on you to cheer, have fun, give your questions, give your comments. That's what we're here for. If you like what we do, cheer us on a few bits, will you? Um, uh, hundred bits is $1, 200 bits, $2. You, you get the, you get the drill. Uh, but it's a great way to go to the, uh, heart button and click it, uh, click like that's going to, um, allow you to be a part of what we do and get notifications when uh, we are ready to do a live program. Podcast is brought to you by American Betting Experts, um, one of the largest licensing, licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. Go to our website at LandryFootball.com at the top. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. Click on the gaming site such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. Sign up instantly. Receive an account match or risk-free bet from $100 to get this, $1,000. Again, it's that easy. Go to LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American Betting Experts. Also brought to you by the great folks at Manscaped. And, um, Precision engineering tools. Um, they obsess over the technology. They've got the electric trimmer, the Manscape. It's the third generation trimmer that has got advanced skin safe, uh, skin safe technology. Battery will last up to ninety minutes. Work in water. Um, got a light so uh, in it. LED lights. Waterproof technology. Get twenty percent off plus free shipping. If you use the code LANDRY20, that's all caps, L-A-N-D-R-Y, number 2-0 at manscaped.com. All right, so want to get into a few things, and I've mentioned this on a few platforms before, but there's always difficulty when dealing with uh, coaches and coaching searches, which I do an awful lot. It's always difficult. People think, oh, boy, you must like this time of year. No, it's really not fun at all. It is a, a hectic time of year. It's a busy time of year. But I don't care about that. It's always hectic for me and fun hectic. But it's always difficult when coaches lose their job. With that said, they're big boys. They make a lot of money. Um, you know it going in uh, to much is given, much is expected. In the difficulty of finding the right fit as a head coach is often challenging. And I've gone into detail about the critical factors in evaluating coaches. So I'm not going to go into it again. I've done it before and I'll do it again, but not going to do it today. But you're looking for guys, you know, the fits are important. You got to get good coaches and you got to know what you're looking for. And you'd be surprised that people don't really know what to look for. Or they have an idea, but they don't really know who's the real fit. And they get, much like a lot of the media and the fans, they get brought into situations where they're not 
is comfortable knowing what a guy is or isn't and what, what type of fit is. Here's the other thing that's very difficult. And I'm going to get into what went wrong for Will in a second, but this is important, I think, to understand in that not every coach in today's world wants to make that move up. It's always assumed, well, he is at school X. He's going to go want to go to school Y. Absolutely. Because it's a better job. It's a better job for you in your eyes if you're just looking at well, who has a better program today. That's not necessarily what matters for the coaches. And the only opinion that matters are the ones who are being considered for the job. It matters not what non-candidates think because you're not going to be a candidate for it anyway. Well, I'd like that job better than you're not a coach. So what difference does it make? Their family issues. And also the money is really good at a lot of places. It used to be you had to work at one of the real elite programs to make a really good coaching salary and put together a good staff. Nowadays, you can get good money at a lot of places. You may get more money and have a bigger budget at the biggest of schools, but still pretty good. And as I said, to whom much is given, much is expected. And sometimes being at a place where it's not all about you got to win a championship. Look, it is tough when you don't win a championship. I mean, look at what Kirby Smart's dealing with. Oh, he's a head coach at his alma mater. It's a great job. It is a dream job. They're frustrated as hell because he hadn't won a national title yet. And look, there's legitimate criticisms that come with, okay, it you've got to make some substantive changes on offense and fix it. But yet it's like, man, it's done pretty good job. He's got to tweak some things and fix some things, but I mean, there are people that are saying, he can't win it. That's enough. It's time to move on. I know those are the vocal minority and the goofy, what I call the goofy folks. That's ridiculous. But there's some folks that say, you know what? It, it's You can make a really good living and have greater longevity and maybe raise a family at this place or that place. And it's not all about... I want to have one of those elite jobs at one of the top five or six programs. South Carolina job opened up with Will Muschamp. What happened with Will? Will, of course, and people will say, man, what a, what a drop off from where he once came, right? The coaching waiting at Texas. The heir apparent to Mac Brown. Ends up getting the job at Florida. A Gainesville native, by the way. Played at Georgia, but from Gainesville, Florida. Coaches the Gators. A program where there's tremendous expectation. And Will, being himself, which is, I think, what you have to do, but there's some things you've got to adjust to and modify as a head coach. And Will was basically still the defensive coordinator guy that's coaching the linebackers run through a brick wall type of head coach when he became a head coach. And I thought it hurt his ability to manage things on the sideline. He also came from a background as I knew Will. I knew Will 
as a player, and I actually recommended Will for a GA position, his first GA job, and got him on uh, at uh, with at LSU with Nick Saban. He came from that mentality of you win with defense and the offense protects the football, and that's how he grew up. He grew up in that environment. So when he became a head coach, the understanding, the connections, the wherewithal to how this offense should look in today's game, which it has changed since that time he was a head coach at Florida to now, he never quite he never quite got that right. He made changes, and people say, well, he tried. Problem is you don't get credit for trying. You know, you, you end up having to get it right, and you don't have many bites at that apple. You usually get a couple of changes, but if you don't hit it, and what do I always say, continuity is important. But in order to have continuity, you gotta. Sometimes it takes a while for that meal to simmer, but you have to have the right ingredients and the right touches before it can simmer. It can simmer all at once if you got the wrong ingredients. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna taste well. So you have to make the right hire, and you have to know it's the right hire, and you have to stick to it. But if you don't make the right hire, then you fall under the category what must be done eventually must be done immediately. It's akin to going to the refrigerator and thinking that carton of milk that's spoiled on Monday is going to taste better if you put it back and you pull it out on Tuesday. It won't. So understanding that and knowing that this is where you are and this is where you need to go. So he gets another shot at South Carolina after successful stints back at defensive coordinator. And I think that there was justification for considering that, you know what, a second opportunity, he will have learned a few things. He will be better this time around. All had reasonable expectations. Now, also remember, and I laugh because I see where Steve Spurrier has taken a couple of shots at the money that Will Muschamp is going to be paid. You know who ultimately got Will Muschamp, the job at South Carolina, don't you? Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier pushed hard for South Carolina to hire Will Muschamp. Obviously, Steve had a lot of success. He walked away from money and, you know, um, some may say quit on his team at South Carolina. He, he, He left. Let's just leave it at that. But there was well respected there. Well loved there, and he said, "This is who you ought to hire." Okay, um, so good recommendation there, and I think Will has proven to be a pretty good recruiter over time. But it is South Carolina is one of those programs where you don't have to win titles, but you have to be competitive, and you can't over time completely fail in a larger sense of showing improvement. There's a progression of building a program. They're going to be down years, but it just seemed like it got progressively worse for Will. Um, The offense was never right at South Carolina. There was some talent, but there was no real vision from a head coaching standpoint how that offense needed to look in the modern-day version of football, and the defense was too spotty. There were times where it was good, 
There are times what was average. And through five years, not getting better. It's a long time. A lot of people thought maybe that decision at South Carolina could have been made um, after last season. It wasn't. And the inability to be able to hire and put together a good staff has killed them. You've heard me mention that before. You've heard me talk about it in numerous situations. It is the most avoided topic that people don't get. It's important for the head coach to take good leadership qualities in hiring and delegating what needs to be done at every aspect of your program. They have great facilities at South Carolina. They've given them everything that you need to win, but it is a case where they, he has not hired well. Jim Harbaugh struggled in that area. That that comes from the head coach. You've seen Dabo Sweeney struggle early as a head coach, but figure it out and hit right assistance and look at how well it's worked. Nick Saban has had some assistants that are better than others, but as steady as she goes because the head coach dictates how the offense and the defense is going to look, and he coaches coaches. So you don't have the up and down there. You know, when you're at South Carolina and you're a really good defensive coordinator, but you're high strung and maybe you're in a difficult spot, getting someone that could run the offense and stick to it is a problem. It's a problem maybe for a defensive coach like Will and an offensive coach like Harbaugh that it's not working. I want to do this. You, you, you have what I call narrow vision in that you see things and then you don't, you fail to adjust to it. I think that that is a, it's a problem at Tennessee right now with Jeremy Pruitt. If that is not handled correctly, that is every bit is important. Coaching is important. You've heard me talk about it, did a podcast on it a couple of weeks ago, players versus coaching. It's about players and it's about coaching players. Okay. There is no more important. You have to have both. And there's some that maybe are a little bit better talent evaluators or recruiters and maybe a little bit less coaching, but you better not be lopsided because if you're lopsided one way or the other, it won't work. You better be balanced enough where that seesaw is pretty even. Because if you're lacking in coaching, if you're lacking in acquisition of personnel, you're going to be deficient and fall short of your goals on a consistent basis. Will recruited well, not great. His defenses, because he wasn't, he was hands-on, but he wasn't, didn't hire as well, not as experienced. He wanted to do kind of what Nick did and kind of running the defense. And He wasn't Nick, though. And therefore, it wasn't as good. Same thing with Pruitt. He got guys that he wants to run this defense, but Jeremy's not as good as coaching the court coaches as he was at working for Nick Saban. Following orders, taking orders, and giving orders are two different elements. And it's one of the skill sets of coaches that is often misunderstood. So he was not 
able to consistently get the defense going and offensively, he was not real trusting. They didn't develop running game. So they underachieved plenty of time. It just hasn't worked. For South Carolina, what's that? What's the ceiling of that program? South Carolina can be a good program that can win, go to bowl games in a 12-game season, consistently win eight, occasionally win 10. Things break right where you have this senior-laden team or a veteran team, let's call it not so much seniors, veteran-laden team, and maybe the teams that are superior to you as a program kind of universally fall apart at the same time or have some bad luck. All of a sudden, you're in that position to maybe take advantage of it. But you're not going to win SEC East titles. You're not going to win SEC titles. Not going to happen at South Carolina. But you don't have to. Great fan support, great financial resources. It does look and act like power program without the expectations of that. I mean, it's it's really good. I mean, it's not the financial resources of a Texas A&M, but in some ways, you know, there's probably a little bit more of an expectation to win a title at A&M than at South Carolina. But at South Carolina, great place to live, great place to coach. You do a good job. I mean, look, Lou Holtz and Steve Spurrier decided to come back because it was a little less pressure, but yet you were still competitive. It's a great job. So where do they go? Anyone that has listened to me on the different platforms on LandryFootball.com or any of the shows that I'm involved in, look, I think there are a number of good candidates, okay? Steve, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian's good coach. Deserves another shot. Very likely will do a good job depending on the job. Will Healy of Charlotte's good. Jamie Chadwell's got a good future at Coastal Carolina. Um, Shane Beamer, never been a head coach, I think has a chance to be pretty good. Billy Napier is a rising star. I think he's he's really talented. And I think any of those guys, in some respects, are good candidates. And I think a lot of them can fit. We talk about this, that no one was excited about Sam Pittman as a hire at Arkansas. Hired a good staff, changed the culture pretty quickly. We'll see long range how good of a hire it is, but certainly off to better start than anybody could have expected. Picking a coach has a lot about um, like the draft. You may like players, but when you're picking first or fifth or tenth, whenever you're picking when it's time to pick, you've got to pick the best guy that's available. And you don't often know this is a little unique in that you've got to get the candidate to want to come to you. And maybe there's the timing's not right for him to make that change. Maybe it's not the right situation for him for whatever reason. Maybe he's got an eye and a hope for something else down the road. 
Who knows? But I challenge South Carolina, and I have full disclosure, I've talked to South Carolina officials about this. I do a lot of coaching search work, and I, I don't have a problem saying this. I've said it to them. Some things I can't repeat, but in my mind, if you want to be a big-time player and be as good as you can be, you need to go out and get the best coach that you can. It needs to be a fit. You need to be comfortable. It It is a lot about ma- lot of, of matchmaking. I can tell you this guy is the best line coach you can hire. I can tell you this, the best secondary coach you can hire, the best coordinator, the best head coach. But if you're not comfortable working with them, if the personalities clash, it, it, it won't work. And it, and it has to be, per, you know, personal choices. No different than a man and a woman meeting and, you know, the sparks have to fly and sometimes it just doesn't fly and you think, I don't know, it just doesn't work. Seem to compatible. You have to let that happen naturally. But in terms of what I do is evaluate the skill sets. And in my mind, if I'm South Carolina, you go for the best guy, most proven guy. And if them, I'd pull a, a full court press to try to get Hugh Freeze. He's been a successful coach in the SEC. He's a great recruiter. All challenges, and, and I think he's proven that he can do different things he can recruit good players, but he can do different things and get more out of his team. And he, they want, they told me, they want to fix the offense. They prefer to have a guy that can have an offense that's fun because they have not seen the success on offense for a while. Well, since Steve. Checks all the boxes. Now, I can't sit there and tell um, Bob Caslam, Ray Tanner, that they shouldn't worry about you freeze this or that. That's their personal decision. I would think that you freeze has learned his lesson that he realizes that he's got no margin for error on making any decisions off the field. But I do think it is something that South Carolina needs to take a hard look at. It does appear to me that they're going to go with Billy Napier. And unless something changes and unless somebody can change their mind and say, look, let's step back and let's look at this. Unless there's something that just, they're not as comfortable with when they sit down and meet. And, you know, I think, I think that's where it's going. Look, Billy Napier again is a good coach. He's a young coach. He's not been a head coach in the sec. It's okay. You can be successful. Shane Beamer's never been a head coach. Jamie Chadwell's at Coastal Carolina, not at a big-time program. Will Healy, same thing. Steve Sarkeesian's been a head coach. Some issues off the field in the past that he seems to be behind him. Again, you can poke holes in every candidate. To me, it appears that South Carolina's going with the safe hire, somebody that knows the area. knows the state, maybe they feel like 
can be successful and maybe stay, you know, that very well could be Billy Napier. I think it's a safe hire. I hope this is not too strong. I think it's gutless. No guts, no glory. I think if you're South Carolina, I'll tell you what I told them. said, if you don't hire you, freeze. And look, I, I, I grant it. It's not, if it blows up in your face and there's something off the field that happens, it's not me. And so I have to respect that. And I think we all need to. But there's no guarantee in life. And to me, it's not so much that they won't get a good coach. Because I think from the list that they're looking at, they're going to get a good coach. Can you get the best coach that's available that wants to come? I think you need to always look at that. This is a real opportunity for them. So I challenge them to, look, I told them, if you don't hire them, you're probably going to end up having to play against them. And I think you're going to regret it down the road. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's what I feel at this point. Um, going to jump a little bit on Michigan situation quickly. A couple of questions. Really appreciate your involvement in the show and the comment section. Um, um, Mr. Ligamy, I hope I pronounced it right. Uh, Mr. Ligamy, I don't know. Where do you think South Latrell will go when he makes a jump? I, I don't have a spot for him. I mean, I think he's a good coach. I think there's a couple of possible. I mean, the, the geographically look at, hey, a spot in the Big 12 might be intriguing for him, to him. But I think there's, I think he's a good coach that could end up at any number of places. Um, but nothing really specific right now as I don't know exactly where the opening is going to be. Burns, a regular here. Burns, 4597. Thoughts on Jay Norvell and the job he's doing at Nevada. Jay's really good coach. Had the experience at Oklahoma, a lot of places. Good coach. Done a really good job at Nevada. That's a really good team. Got off to the late start schedule. Um, I think he's a fast-track guy, and I think, to me, um, he's someone to keep an eye out on that, you know, at a power five level, Pac-12, Big 12, geographically, but there's also some like Texas background and stuff. So there's, there's a lot of possibilities here. Really, really good coach. Um, latest on Michigan. There's no appetite to fire Jim Harbaugh. I can tell you that by the fan jest, by the administration. But I do think there's a search for an exit strategy for Jim, and I don't know if it's going to play out, but we shall see. We've talked about, and I've said it, and I'm not saying that that he's going to get hired by the NFL. I just know that he has put that out there. So the media has picked up on that. There's a reason for that. Because that's what they're trying to sell. The two reasons that that happens. Put it out there that this team and that team's interested. Well, you know, maybe he's not so bad if that team's interested. And then the other thing is it creates maybe that team or the other team may not be interested. Maybe somebody else might. Maybe it's some owner that says, you know what? I'd be interested. 
I, I don't I don't sense there's a lot of traction in the NFL, but there's a lot of talk that's coming from Harbaugh's camp. It'll be interesting. Jim's not walking away from money, but if he can escape and go somewhere else in the NFL and get more money, because here's the reality. It's coming down to cases at Michigan. He's got a year left on his contract. If he can't find anything, if he doesn't have uh, an exit strategy or if it doesn't work out, then he's coming back next year as a lame duck coach trying to recruit that way, and then you're going to extend him? That's not going to go well. I mean, what do you do? That is a no-win situation because he's not somebody that you can extend. You don't want to fire. I mean, that's that's like living in a marriage. It's a loveless marriage. It's just not – it just doesn't – it's going to be very difficult. And um, keep an eye out on that. We'll, we'll certainly do that here and also on uh, LandryFootball.com for all the latest. Uh, we certainly – I think one of the feature games, if not the feature game of the week – Indiana, Ohio State. I don't know how good the game is going to be. I think Ohio State's very, very talented, very explosive, and it's going to be too much for Indiana. But going into it with what Indiana's done, the impressive job that Tom Allen has done with not only putting this team together but playing with great attitude, they're going to play with fight. They're going to play with heart, and they've done a very nice job this year. Um, they've not look. They've played some teams that you know, beaten a Penn State team that's underachieving. Beat a Michigan team that's underachieving. Beat a bad Michigan State team. So it's impressive. But much like Arkansas, they haven't beaten a good team yet this year. And so you're not playing a good team. You're playing one of the very best. So the key is how good of a start, how long you can stay in the game. They're little pieces of this matchup that's intriguing to me, but I'm curious to see how they handle it, how they play, what they're able to do. Um, going to be a lot of fun. What do I see out of this Indiana team? I see a team that is very fundamentally sound on defense. They Their gap control is outstanding. Um, I mean, they do a great job with their run fits. They do a great job of leveraging the outside run. Um, They stay on top of routes well. They're not overly talented, but they're really functionally good, and they play a lot of guys up front. They stay fresh. They get after you. This is a very underrated defensive team. They've got a quarterback that makes plays. They can make some explosive plays, but to me, their identity is with their defense and how well they play. Very, very impressed. Um, Also, excited about Cincinnati, Central Florida. Like this Cincinnati team, I've liked them all year. This is going to be probably the most explosive offense that they've played thus far. We get Wisconsin Northwestern, which is right now for – the lead in the West of the Big Ten. Kansas State, Iowa State's interesting. 
Tennessee, Auburn, interesting. Liberty in their ACC jaunt with the aforementioned you freeze at NC State. Bedlam, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's playing better, getting good play on the defensive line. Better team, no doubt. Um, Arizona, Washington. Um, USC, Utah. Interesting um, matchups. Not a lot of great ones, but some really good ones. And I'm curious to see. This USC team, can they – I think this is a game – with the way they play and come back on people, I don't think they play the way they play and beat Utah. They're going to have to play better. Problem at Stanford, that, that team's really not the same. Not looking good. So it's an interesting week. Um, by the way, the latest in the SEC is that it does look like that December 5th is going to be shuffled a little bit that you're likely going to see um, Alabama and LSU play December 5th. And then Florida play LSU on the 12th. And, and then on the 19th, what you're going to see is probably like LSU play Ole Miss. So, Basically, the 19th, the day that the SEC championship game is taking place, you're going to have uh, some makeup games. But you've got to get the 19th cleared for Florida and Alabama as they're the most likely um, participants in the SEC championship game. That is the latest there. Nothing definitive, but that's the way it's looking. Um, got a question here. Uh, and again, we appreciate your comments in the chat room, feel free to join us. If you want to send a question via email, you can do it. Um, contact Chris on uh, LandryFootball.com. It'll go to the guys and they'll get it to me. Uh, also at Landry Football, same thing. Uh, Dylan asks, can you speak on Kyle Trask and his Heisman chances? What keeps him from being uh, top of the watch list? Currently, statistically, six games into the season. He's a little ahead of Joe Burrow. Trask has done it against six SEC teams with a significantly worse offensive line than Burrow had. Trask doesn't have a Blitnikoff win on his team either. He's either getting balled to at least eight different receivers in the game. Please tell me what my glitter glasses are not seeing. I love the Landry football Twitch channel. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, I think he is in the mix. No one's should be... Um, I don't think he's having the Joe Burrow type of year. Stats don't tell the whole story. Um, Joe, here's the thing. Joe Burrow at this time was the leader, but you have to finish. Listen, Kyle Trask and Mac Jones are going to probably play in, as I mentioned, the SEC championship game. It, you end up outplaying what quarterback outplays the other. That's going to determine it. Stats are not going to determine it. Individual. I mean, I know it's an individual award, but it's rooted greatly into how the team does. They lost A and M, so that's one part of it. Now, you, you, it's not that it was his fault. You lost. 
And I think if Kyle continues to play the way he does, has the rest of the year, and if they beat Alabama in the, the conference championship game, he absolutely, I mean, at that point, he's probably the favorite. I, you know, depends. Depends on what Justin Fields does. Look, it, it has a lot to do with how well you play on a winning team. We just lost Paul Horning last week. He's the only guy that's ever won on a, on a losing team. It, how you win as a team significantly affects it. Florida's having success largely due to, well, it is mainly due to the offense, largely due to Kyle Trask. So he's in the mix. Is Should he be ahead of Justin Fields, ahead of Mac Jones? Maybe. Who cares? Because it's what you do from the rest of the way. He set himself up to where he can win the Heisman. He can win the Heisman. He absolutely can. But it depends, not because we can discuss it and look at stats, to what he's done to this point, it's what he's going to do the rest of the way. Perform well the rest of the way. Outplay Mac Jones. Look better, you know, You know, uh, upset Alabama. You're going to hear him even more. I think people are talking about him. I think people are throwing him in the mix. I don't know. I don't pay attention to what the talking heads say. I, none of that matters. I can't answer what other people do and why. I don't care why. I don't know how they come up with their – thought processes. I study film. I think he's really good. You know, you say, well, he doesn't have a Blitnikoff winner. Um, and I know he's been injured, but they've got one great tight end. And yeah, you can talk about it as great talent. That has a lot to do with it. If you don't think uh, the Kyler Murray's and the Baker Mayfield's of the world didn't benefit winning a Heisman because of great players around them, of course that has a lot to do with it. Uh, if you don't think a great running back doesn't win it, and that's not the norm now. It usually goes to the quarterbacks in a passing game that we all live in. You don't think a running back uh, wins an award because he's got a bad offensive line. It doesn't go to the guy that, well, he did the best behind a weak offensive line. This guy did the most. with it. You can make the case of a number of guys statistically. You can make the case that Jack Wilson deserves to be mentioned. Well, I think he does. I don't think he has – the challenges that are going to put him in that position to win it that Kyle has. So I would relax on Kyle. Let it play out. Kyle will win the Heisman Trophy on what he does from here on out, or someone else will beat him out based upon what they do. And again, it very well may come down to he and Mac Jones. Now, how well Kyle and Mac Jones played leading up to that's going to say a lot. How are they going to look at Justin Fields with less games? Clearly, Ohio State, without a really good team that they'll have beaten, people may hold that against them. But if people are looking at stats, they may have Justin Fields a little higher. Maybe if he starts running it more, I don't know what the voters are going to do. But I do think that it is very likely, could be, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, and how it plays out in the SEC championship game. So really good. I mean, it, I mean it's a good question, but what keeps him from being on top of the watch list? Well, I don't know any of these. That there's no – I don't know a watch list. I don't even know what that means. 
you don't have to be on a watch list. He's, you know, who cares? He is absolutely in the mix and at this point has played as good as anybody and deserves to be there. What happens the rest of the way is going to determine it. Uh, <clears throat> I do think it matters how well they play against Alabama. And, you know, a lot will depend upon how the team plays around them. I mean, it is an individual award, but it's affected greatly by your team play. I, mean, it's, it's, I don't think there's any doubt. Um, hey, a reminder again to check us out on Twitch TV, twitch.tv forward slash Chris Landry football. Subscribe to the channel. Click the heart button. Like us. And uh, you'll get notifications whenever we're going live on any of the shows that we do. Um, make sure that you're logged in to the show, watching it live. Cheers on a few bits. Join us in the chat room. You know, participate, ask questions. Absolutely um, appreciate that. Also, want to get into some of the games of the weekend. Uh, but we're really thankful and want to remind you that if you want to get an edge in the gaming aspect, Go to LandryFootball.com, being sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. All you got to do is go to the website, LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. Sign up instantly, receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $100 thousand dollars it's that easy go to landryfootball.com click on that link special gaming offers from american betting experts um get in on the action with that special offer and also check out the manscape the manscape electric trimmer uh great holiday gift coming up um the third generation trimmer Features cutting-edge ceramic blade, advanced, safe tech, uh, advanced skin-safe technology, long-lasting battery, light LED light, illuminates for you. Great holiday gift. Get on it for yourself, someone else. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LANDRY20. That's all caps, L-A-N-D-R-Y-2-0. Appreciate you. Hey, folks, we wouldn't have this show if it wasn't for the sponsor. So certainly uh, take advantage of that. Some questions here before we get into the week. Um, Burns says, who do you feel is a better overall prospect long-term, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Trevor has more physical skills. Joe Burrow, a little better intangibles. Um, the overall more physically gifted answer your question would be Trevor Lawrence. Who's going to have the best career? That depends on where you go. Um, you know, Burrow's in Cincinnati. They've not had a lot of success in recent years, and so putting a team around them is really important. So he only goes so high and be only so successful depending on how they build a team around him. But if you look at what Joe Burrow's doing, he's playing well. He's responding. I think he's got some of the intangible qualities the toughness, the gym rat skills that that appeal to me a lot as a coach. 
that's just a little bit notch above what Trevor Lawrence has. Trevor has more physical skills. Uh, and um, what did the Patriots do defensively? Slow down the Ravens' offense. All you got to do is slow down the Ravens' offense. And I don't want to say all you got to do is kind of stop the run. They got to set the edge in the run game so they don't get the edge. They did a real good job. Uh, Rich Coates, thank you. Hope you're studying hard now. Uh, real good um, listener and participator. Set the edge in the run game. Be really sound with your run fits. Don't let the running game get going and defend the quarterback in the run game. You have to do that. If you do those things, make them beat you in the passing game, and they match up pretty well in the secondary, the Patriots do. So it's a matchup that will ultimately have success. You know, the Patriots, it's just about they're limited with weapons on offense, and they need to get their quarterback in the run game if they're going to have success. You know, the Patriots are not a Super Bowl threat, but with an expanded playoffs could find themselves in and, you know, in a in a given matchup could be uh, real interesting. Uh, some adjustments is my film grade rankings this week. As I look at it, still Kansas City-Pittsburgh. Look, I, I think it's fair to put Pittsburgh one. They've been the most complete. I do like Kansas City in a – proverbial matchup, but I'm, I'm good. I've got them graded. They're not the same type of team, but I've got them graded with the same grade. I got to tell you how things can change. The bills have shown improvement, getting a little bit healthier, playing really well. They lost a tough game, knocked the ball down. We did it on the film room, the, uh, the film room show yesterday, how you got to defend that last play. But they play, they're playing very well. And you're not, you know, Baltimore, we just kind of alluded to their running game issues. Tennessee struggled a little bit. You know, keep an eye out for the Colts. Keep an eye out for the Bills. Certainly keep an eye out for the Dolphins. Those are teams that are playing real well. Wouldn't count out Tennessee. Wouldn't count out the Raiders. But in terms of making the playoffs and being really good teams. I mean, I think there's a drop-off between Kansas City and Pittsburgh. The Super Bowl participant out of the AFC is coming from one of those two teams, barring COVID issue or other medical issues. That's where it's coming from. But I do think Buffalo and the Colts and maybe Tennessee, maybe the Raiders, Miami, Baltimore is intriguing. The NFC, one week can change, make a lot of changes. Green Bay's looking pretty good. The Saints, it all depends upon getting Drew Brees back. With um, Jameis Winston, at quarterback, the Saints have to play around him. They have to find a way to be able to run the football, and Sean Payton will have to call a different game. He's not going to give Jameis the freedom. You can't do that with him. Can't turn the football over. That's what Jameis tends to do. And it could cost the Saints some wins. Uh, and and they're certainly, it's their division to win. But the Bucs, even though they've got essentially a two-game lead over the Bucs, it's a one-game lead in the loss column, but it's a sweep already. Uh, you just got to be careful if you're the Saints to not drop a game like this week against the Falcons. Um, the Bucs are not out of it. I think the Bucs are going to stay in the mix. I think that they're they're definitely... Um, in position. I got to tell you what I am 
probably more excited about this Thursday night game than of any this season. Got Arizona at Seattle. And this could be the changing of the guard. Seattle at home. I thought maybe respond last week, maybe beat the Rams. Didn't do it. Got some real issues in Seattle. Arizona's playing well. Arizona wins this game, and it's Arizona now that's taking control of the West, and it's the Rams in Seattle chasing with the Niners have, you know, slowly but surely played themselves out of it. What a matchup. Arizona goes on the road and win this. Boy, that that's a, that's a big-time statement. Seattle at home, see if they can get it done. It's going to be interesting. That That is pivotal. Much like last week's game told us a lot about the AFC South. Not everything, but it told us a lot between the Colts, and I thought revived the Colts in that division where I thought Tennessee was close to taking complete control. This game, very similar. Uh, Philly, Cleveland, Atlanta, New Orleans, Cincy, Washington, Detroit, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Don't think Pittsburgh gets tripped up here. I was on record saying I thought they were in danger zone last week against Cincinnati. If Big Ben didn't play, he did. No problem. New England, Houston, Tennessee, Baltimore. This will be real interesting. Um, Again, you're talking about two teams that are likely going to make the playoffs. But you're in danger of playing your way out of it. Now, Baltimore is virtually looking at wild card. Tennessee still got division shot. This game's pivotal. This game could mean home field. Who knows what it's going to mean. But losing a game like this doesn't bode well for playoff success, even if both of these teams win it, just by virtue of, home field. Miami, what a story, Brian Flores. What a story. Tua's got this team energized, playing well around them. Well, they've pushed all the right buttons. They are right there neck and neck with Buffalo. They get them week 17 matchup. Let's see if it's going to be a one game or uh, even in the loss. Right now, it's three losses each for Buffalo, Miami. Dolphins are playing right there with them. Going to Denver. Be careful. This Denver team plays better at home. Chargers, very underachieving teams. Got the Jets. Green Bay, Indianapolis. Again, litmus test game for the Colts. Playing better. Don't know that they can beat Green Bay, but we'll see. This could be a real intriguing matchup. Dallas, Minnesota. Minnesota playing better. Um, but, you know, Getting out of the basement. Kansas City, Vegas. Looks like Kansas City is out for some revenge here in this game. The Raiders have played well, impressed with them. Kansas City, I think, is on a different level. And perhaps the game, uh, well, I think that the Thursday night game may be the game of the week. But you can make the case that the Monday night game, Rams-Tampa, really big. Um, Obviously, Tampa's got a little bit more difficult schedule than the Saints. Saints without breeze. A race there. That division's not over, but the Saints Saints right now are in charge. This is a game that if the Rams are able to win, it uh, is it gives a little bit more cushion to the Saints. Buffalo, Chicago, the Giants in San Francisco get a bye week. Um, but really impressed with what Mike Zimmer and um, Gary Kubiak have done turning around the Vikings offense. I'm curious to see if the Cardinals are ready to take control of the West. 
give you an update on the film uh, rankings. Uh, reminder again on the Landry Football Podcast tomorrow, we're going to get into a little bit more uh, information that I want to get to around the world of football, but going to focus a lot on the situation going on at LSU. So um, check us out there on that, as well as check us out on LandryFootball.com. Um, if you've not tried us out, it's a great opportunity to get a viewpoint of the game of football. Yeah, you can get these podcasts, but the film room stuff gives you, and the inside information, the notebooks gives you information that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, and it gives you information um, from a scouting and coaching viewpoint, player grades, team grades, previews of the games before they're played, and then breakdowns of the game after they're played. So it gives you a viewpoint that's different than you're going to get anywhere else. Uh, and we think very, very enjoyable um, and uh, informative. Uh, so it's like having your own scouting department or coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. In fact, it's less than $10 a month and even cheaper than that if you take advantage of the year membership. So check it out. Spread the word, if you would, to your friends in football. We've got a lot of things that we are working and planning on for the website. I want to hear your thoughts about how we can make it better for you. Uh, obviously, covering recruiting, we've got some uh, scouting reports on the, the look of the top 150 players in college football that I need to get up there. Uh, later this week, uh, how they've graded out thus far this year in college football. Uh, also, uh, want to um, uh, see where um, you know things go, but but certainly with the early signing day, we've got all the recruiting information, NFL draft information, free agency. We've got it covered for you 12 months out of the year at LandryFootball.com. So take advantage of it. Check it out today. And we'll see you over there. We'll see you tomorrow for the Landry Football Podcast right here on Twitch TV. Um, and also check me out Friday with Neil McCready as we get another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. We do that on Tuesdays and Fridays. So check us out at LandryFootball.com. Check out Chuck Oliver from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time today, 12 p. to 2 p. Eastern Time today. We appreciate you joining us. Join us for another edition of Scouts Eye on College and Pro Football. I am Chris Landry. See you over at LandryFootball.com. Follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball as well. Have a great one, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.